years ago, I heard a saying, and it's always kind of resonated with me. It's uh, you don't have to get it right. You just got to get it going. And I think so many people don't do that. I, I, I Listen, I'm a perfect example of that. We've all probably done it, but I think speed of ideas, speed of systems, speed of serving your customers, it's so important for, again, the customer experience, you know, the customer satisfaction, the five-star review that we're looking for on every single job, you know, speed to get the job done. This is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast, brought to you by G4 Marketing. Interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing, sales, money, mindset, and lifestyle. Now, here's your host, Brian Kaskavalsian. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. This is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group, and I have got back again. It's been a little while, though. My long time friend and client, John Rogers. John, welcome. Thank you. Rogers Roofing. We have been friends for God, like it's got to be like 12 years now, 11 or 12 years now. And this guy, you look at him, he just keeps getting younger and younger. When you see him on screen, just gets younger and younger. So yeah. I'm going to ask John, for those of you that don't know who John is, I'm going to ask him to, to give us a, a little summary backstory. But as we were going back and forth uh, talking about doing the uh, the podcast, he came up with an awesome idea and I loved it. And it said, and he said in the email, wouldn't it be great to be able to have a conversation with our 25 or 30 year old self? Yeah. What wisdom, ideas, or thoughts would you share? Many. Or what are the top 10 things I wish I would have known when I was 26 or even 36 now that I am 56? What a great topic. So (laughs) before we get into that, my friend, give everybody like the 60-second version of your story. Give us an idea about what Rogers Roofing is doing today. And then let's jump into and go talk to our 25 and 30 year old selves. Well, you know, Brian, well, I, I believe that I may be your longest tenured uh, contractor or customer, I, I should say, right? Pretty damn close, probably I right think, after Charlie. I think it was yeah. uh, us in you know, uh, one of your conferences that we saw you at like 11 or 12 years ago. So it's been a long time. We yep. have many journeys together. Let's just say that. Yeah. My journey, my journey is, you know, I, I, I've been a roofing contractor. My dad started the company in 1968. I was a roofer. I took a lot of pride being a roofer. I actually thought I was a really good one. I would tear off roofs. I would put them on and make our customers happy. We worked many years out of our house because it was really kind of a side job for my dad. Uh, he's a Chicago fireman. When I got out of college, I said, nah, I'm going to, I guess I'm just going to keep roofing until I find a real job. Well, it's kind of, came to become a real job. And I, I brought in some friends that worked with me and they're still working with me and for me to this day. We've grown leaps and bounds. We have 45 full-time people. We do wow. siding, windows, gutters, uh, fascia soffit, a lot of the, everything on the exterior of the house. We've got a wonderful sales team. I've got an awesome administrative team. I am really, really a lucky guy. I work with, I work with family. I work with some of my best friends and I am so lucky to be a part of it that I sometimes pinch myself. That's awesome. And you've built a great company. You're in Indiana outside of Chicago. 
Right. Yeah. We're, we're in Hammond, Indiana, which is basically a suburb of Chicago for the most yeah. part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, so where do we start? <laughs> What's like the first thing you would go back and say to your, to your younger self? Your old self? You know, one, one of the things I, I, I thought that was, you know, when I was thinking about this topic, I said to myself, you know, back in the day, you know, we always talked about that top number, you know, like, hey, I'm doing, you know, $2 million worth of business or, hey, I'm doing $3 million, whatever those numbers may be, never really concerned about what the bottom number was and, and how important that bottom number was. You know, you're making a decent living, you're providing for your family, but let's be honest, you know, as, as I talk to my 36-year-old self, you know, that profit number uh, was really important and it still is, it's vital to the business and to, to our, our company. We used to think about business and, and how well we were doing. I used to, it used to be like check, checkbook accounting to where I'd, I'd wonder, so what's in the checkbook? And that's how well we were doing. Did we have any money to make payroll? Could we pay the bills? And without knowing anything about you know, financials, whether it's uh, the profit loss report, your balance sheet, those are all things that I actually learned from people that I've networked with over the years that taught me you know, what those things are in accounting 101. Um, and I'm blessed to have, you know, those people around. One of the other things that I, I said to myself was, you know, just how important it is to surround yourself with really smart people. And what I mean by that is I started going to conferences, oh, probably in the, in the early 1990s. Uh, Richard Kaler from CCN was one of my mentors and he would come to Chicago and he would do a sales conference for certainty and listening to his sales process and listening to his charisma and you know showing how he did things and his company was doing 10 million dollars and we might have been doing a million at the time and you know me wanting to I wanted to be that guy and you know I said to myself even back then I said you know if I just do the things that he's doing maybe I'll get to that I'll get there someday and you know I I, I learned that from Richard Kaler I've learned that from Charlie Gundell, and I've learned that from all the awesome people that I've met through your group and also through Certified Contractors Network. You're only as good as the people that you surround yourself with. And I'll tell you what, if I was talking to my 36-year-old self, I probably didn't surround myself with the best people maybe 20 or 25 years ago. But today, I, I really I really try to do that. And I'm blessed because I, I learned so much from so many people. Yeah. So, so it's interesting. So top number, I was like that too. It's like, it's your ego. You're completely driven by your ego of, and, and we see it today, don't we? I mean, mm-hmm. it's amazing. You go to conferences and, and people are getting up there and talking about, well, I did 10 million or I did 50 million or I did a hundred million. And I was talking with somebody, I was talking with somebody the other day and I remember going to a, I'm, I'm going to give as little detail as possible on this, but I was at a conference a few years ago and there was a guy up on stage that they brought up on stage and he had this chart that showed his sales and it was like a, what it, like a hockey stick where it goes like straight uh-huh. up like this over time. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And that year or the year before they had done a hundred and something million dollars. So you got all these people in the room that are looking at this guy thinking, oh, my God, this guy's got it all figured out. Well, I was talking with somebody the other day who actually knows that person 
and knew the reality of that business. You know how much money they were losing? They lost that year. How much? $13 million. <laughs> and you got this guy up there, like, uh-huh, yeah. you know, tuning his horn. Swinging is, you know what, talking uh-huh. about, well, look at how amazing we are. Sure. And everybody's looking at this thinking, oh, I want to be a $100 million company. Well, I'd rather have a $5 million company that makes a million dollars than have a $100 million company that loses $13 million yeah. I, I think all day long. All, all day, air day. All yep. day. So you said another thing that was really, really important. So you talk about checkbook accounting. So this is another thing that we see a lot of, and I know you've been exposed to it. Mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit about what checkbook accounting is versus what you do now. Well, back in the day, you know, checkbook accounting is when you're a little naive and not understanding basic accounting principles is that, you know, you judge how well you're doing of how much money you have in the checkbook. You know, hey, we got 30 grand in there. Hey, we're doing good to doing good this week without any other parameters, no other ideas about how well you're doing. Well, when you start learning about, you know, how important and what gross profit is and what net profit is, those kind of things. Again, where I learned from Charlie Gindel how to price jobs properly is, you know, knowing what you have to multiply your direct costs in order to get a certain profit, um, knowing what your overhead is. All of those things, you know, that really took our business to the next level. When you're able to fully understand your accounting, now you're able to price jobs the right way. You understand overhead. I mean, we, we, we job cost every job that comes through. We, we talk about things that maybe didn't go right or didn't, you know, the things that we did do right, things that maybe went wrong and how we can fix them. Either it's on the sales end or the production end. But, you know, 15, 20 years ago, job costing, right? hey, we'd be laughing. What the hell is a job cost? And when you do those things, you really, you know, you get other people involved. You get other people part of the the conversation about how to fix things in your company. And man, that's a really cool thing. And then all of a sudden, guess what you have at the bottom? Profit. Man, look, hey, we're making money. And of course, we know what that brings. It brings, you know, maybe better vehicles, raises, health insurance, better uh, profit sharing, bonuses, all those kind of things come into play with profit. And, you know, Never could have talked about that when we were talking about checkbook, checkbook accounting, right? Yeah. So, you know, when you talk about profitability and all of the things that it brings you today, a lot of us have issues with getting people to come to work and keeping people at work. And how important is it for you at your company to be able to offer your people those benefits? Yeah, well, it's it, it all comes down to, you know, pricing the jobs, right? Controlling your overhead, having profit. And it, it you know, Brian, like I told you earlier, we're so lucky and so blessed. I, I've had people that work for me 15, 20, 25 years. And, you know, they're part of the family. They're some of my best friends. They're my family. And, and you know, you, you can't do those things unless you're making profit. And of course, you know, you're paying them well and you're, you're trying to take care of things. And, you know, it's... um. So let me ask you, so let me ask you something about that. So aside from the fact that I want to embarrass you, but you're, you're like one of the nicest people I've met in this business. You always have a smile on your face. You've always got something positive to say in all of these years. I've never once heard anything negative come out of your mouth. So let's put all of that aside for a minute. Okay. That alone, because there's a lot of nice people in this business. 
That alone does not create a culture because what you're talking about is the new buzzword, culture, culture, culture. So what is it? What what do you think it is? Aside from the fact, again, that you're just a nice guy and you're always, well, the always positive part, not everybody is always positive like you are. So that may play into it. But do you have any idea of what the other stuff is? Why? Why do people want to stay working with you for that long? Why do your friends want to stay with you? Your uncle and your aunt work with you. Yeah. And you're still family. You still love each other after all of this time. I'm like, what do you think it is? Uh, You know, Brian, I don't know if I could put my finger on it. I mean, it's just, I choose, I guess I've always said, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I get to choose how I'm going to act and I get to choose that I'm going to be positive today. No matter what happens, I'm going to try to make things better. I'm going to try to do things better. Um, you know, it may not always work out, but at least I try to always have a positive attitude. I always believe that I can make things better. Um, you know, sometimes maybe that, that to a fault. Um, I've also learned maybe to live like in gratitude. You know, gratitude is so important. You know, we, we, we sometimes tend to dwell on the negative. We tend to dwell on, you know, maybe the, 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 bad things that are going on or the the challenges that we all have in life. Well, we all have challenges, but there are so many things in in probably a lot of people's lives that, you know, we should be grateful. We should be grateful for the things that we have, for our health, for our families, for our successes, for the the people we get to work with. I mean, you know what? We got a lot of good things to be thankful for. And I think a lot of people tend to maybe forget about that. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just a, a positive guy that people like to work for. I try to help as much as I can. I'm, I try to bring a positive attitude to work every day. And you know what? It's maybe it rubs off on people. You know, maybe that's why they stay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So what else? What else would you tell your 26 or 36 year old self? You know, I think another thing I think about is, you know, was was is, is speed. I, I think speed is important. I think a lot of businesses and a lot of entrepreneurs, they, they try to get things perfect. They try to, you know, tweak it and they try to just get it to where it's going to be, you know, perfect. And a, a, years ago, I heard a saying, and it's always kind of resonated with me. It's uh, you don't have to get it right. You just got to get it going. And I think so many people don't do that. I, I, I listen, I'm a perfect example of that. We've all probably done it, but I think speed of ideas, speed of systems, speed of serving your customers, it's so important for, again, the customer experience, you know, the customer satisfaction, the five-star review that we're looking for on every single job, you know, speed to get the job done, speed to do a quality control inspection, speed to, you know, get your wonderful thank you package in their, in their, in their mailbox. Yeah, that, that speed to me is another one. I think that, you know, years ago, I just kind of like would think of things and I wouldn't implement because I was trying to make it perfect. But boy, oh boy, I, I sure would have done things a lot faster back then. Builder Prime is changing the game for home improvement contractors. Imagine having everything you need to help your business grow in one place. CRM, estimating marketing automation with SMS, production management software, and now call center dialer integration, all wrapped into one easy to use package. And it's never been easier to switch CRMs. Hundreds of contractors trust Builder Prime to grow their businesses with powerful reporting tools to see which leads are making money, which sales reps are the top performers, and where to optimize for the greatest impact. We're talking about winning more jobs, boosting productivity, 
and delighting your customers. Are you ready to fuel your business growth even faster without all the daily frustrations of your current tech stack? You owe it to yourself, your team, and your business to learn why everyone is switching over to Builder Prime, the only true does-it-all CRM for home improvement contractors. Head over to BuilderPrime.com and request a personalized demo with an expert today. So, you know, what's interesting. So we are recording less than a week away from Accelerate and, and John is going to be there even though, so that goes back to surrounding yourself with smart people. What's interesting is John can get up there and teach the damn thing for two days, but he's coming there as, as an attendee because you never know who you might meet or what one idea you might pick up. So I just wanted to circle back to the smart surrounding yourself with smart people thing. But one of the things that I'm going to actually be talking about is that sense of urgency. So you're calling it speed. If you don't mind, I'll, I call it urgency. Mm-hmm. And it's the same, the same principle. And it is one of the things that I've noticed in the most successful people is that sense of urgency. And I love that saying is- You don't have it? to get it right. You just got to get gotta it get going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can steal yeah. that. I'll let you use that. Will you? Okay, thanks. That's good. I'll add that to my- uh, steel list. But no, I I think that that's that's really good, really good strong advice. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you do that though? How do you make how do you like today at you know at at our ages, at our mm-hmm. advanced ages um that was a joke. It wasn't very funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> but um but I think we have this more of a sense of urgency as you get older. How do you th- how do you think you would have inspired your you know thirty year old self? Like and if there's somebody somebody in their thirties that's listening to this and hearing urgency, how would how would you have inspired yourself if you can go back, or what would you say to that person, you know John Rogers from twenty years ago to get them to go a little bit faster? I mean, you know, Brian, maybe it has a little bit to do with like reverse engineering. You know, like just knowing what the end result is, what you're trying to accomplish, you know, and reverse engineering it. But then once you get to the point of starting, but starting and starting quickly and make adjustments as you go along, I said, don't have to be perfect. Just get it going. So many times brilliant ideas in our head. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to hire this person. We're going to create this job. We're going to create this system. And in, in whether it doesn't get off the ground because you're, you know, as entrepreneurs, we've got, you know, 10,000 other things going on. Like what do you say? Squirrel. Yeah. Um, in, in, in getting, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the idea, the system off the ground and then getting it to the end result. I think a lot of us just don't do that. And, 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 and we have, the, I have that battle today. You know, there's so many things I try to do implement maybe and and I don't because I get, I get in my own way, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, the one advantage that you and I both have today that we didn't have maybe 20 years ago is we have a team of people around us mm-hmm. that if there is something that we all of a sudden say, well, wait a minute, we need to get this going. Mm-hmm. We could give it to people and say, all right, go get this going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How great is that? that that's, that's a you great know, place to be. You know, and, and, and I think, you know, if you were, if you were going to ask me, you know, what was the number one thing that I would want to tell my 25 or 35 year old self, build yourself a great team. 
because listen, you can only do so much. You can only go sell so much. You can only install so much. But if you want to be successful, you help other people be successful and you let them make decisions. Some of the, some of the greatest thrills I get in business is when somebody in my company comes up with an idea. They're like, hey, what do you think about this? Or, hey, we're going to think about doing this system or that. I mean, I almost, I, I, I'm like, man, I work with some really smart people. This is pretty cool. Okay. So that, okay. So you just brought up something really good there too, is you're talking emotional maturity too. Yeah. Because a lot of driven, I'm going to say D type personalities, disc mm-hmm. profile, D type personalities, real driven yep. succeed. A lot of those people, their ego gets in the way and they don't mm-hmm. like it when it's not their idea. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I tell you, I, I'm not I'm not the sharpest guy. There's a lot smarter people than me, and there's smarter people in this company. And yeah. you know, when they come up with ideas, listen, I, I I think it's great because you know what? I agree. The things I learned years ago is you know, maybe that guy, maybe it's your warehouse guy, or maybe it's your permit expediter, maybe he's got an idea, a system that can make you more efficient in your inventory, or maybe more efficient of getting the permit. But you know what? A lot of those guys, maybe they feel like their voice isn't heard or that their voice isn't important. Well, you know what? Yeah, it is, man. Some of the best ideas may come from those people that are, maybe it's your warehouse guy, your permit expert, or maybe it's one of your installers. But, you know, I, I do try to ask them, hey, how are things going? Anything new, anything I can help you with? You know, maybe bring out an idea that they have because you never know that that idea might you know make you a lot of money by the way going back to the other question when i was asking you about how do you build that culture there you go there's one mm-hmm. of them is yeah. listening to your people and actually mm-hmm. like you know valuing their their input you know this goes back to the the smart people surrounding yourself with smart people you know i always say and i know you're like this too is I don't ever, ever, ever want to be in a room where I'm the smartest person. Oh, no, ever. No, I just want to be in a room of really smart people. And when you're in a, when you're the smartest person in the room, um, you're in the wrong room. (laughs) I agree. And and that's not a, that's not a jab to anybody else that's in the room. That's just not the best place for you to be. But then if you are the type of person that seeks that out, and you have to be that person, mm-hmm. you're going to have some issues. Oh, yeah. You're going to have some issues. I mean, like like going to Accelerate. I mean, I, I look forward to that so much. And, and my sales manager who comes with me, Kevin, he looks forward to just because we know we're going to be around really smart people yeah. and people with great ideas that want to share their ideas. And, you know, I'm a great stealer in plagiarism of ideas. Yep. When I come to Accelerate or any other conference, that's what we're there for. Yeah. And, you know, Maybe, you know, I, I'd be able to give somebody a little knowledge and maybe they'd be like, man, it's a great idea. I'm going to use that in my company. I mean, yeah. marketing ideas, sales ideas. Oh, my gosh. I've stolen so many great ideas over the years. Yeah. Credit for them, but I can't. But I, yeah. I, well, and and, you know, what's funny is this year's this year's you just say, you know, you've stolen these ideas. Yeah. Um, this year's theme is success leaves clues and mm-hmm. those clues lead to shortcuts. So those the, the shortcuts are exactly what you're talking about is why am I going to go reinvent the wheel? That's why am right. I going to go try and figure it out on my own when mm-hmm. I could just call John and say, hey, John, you know, how do I do this? Mm-hmm. You know, or and I've got this problem. To, how did you solve it? 
Yep. That goes back to speed. That goes yep. back to speed of where, you know, instead of me trying to figure this out, I, I know you already did that. You already did that process I'm looking for. I'm going to find out what that is and use speed to implement it into my company instead of having to check all the boxes and figure it out myself. Yeah. Why don't I do that? I'll call right. you. Yeah. So that, by the way, that I think, you know, when you said if the, the number one thing, I, I think I, I agree with you 100% is surrounding yourself, building a good team of people. But, you know, as I think back to just myself 20 years ago, I don't know if I had the wherewithal to be able to judge whether or not the person I brought in was the real deal. Because I had some of those issues where I brought in the wrong people. Sure. Yeah. Brian, you know, and that, that even goes back to the thing of, you know, when we go to hire people, like especially, you know, salespeople, you know, back in the day it was, you know, oh, he's a good guy. Oh, I can make him a great salesperson. Oh, he'll be just like me. He'll go out and sell whatever it is. And, you know, six months later, he's crashing and burning. Like, God, how did I miss that? You know? Well, nowadays we've got, you know, people that have, uh, uh, you know, that they can, uh, companies that provide a test that can tell whether or not this person is going to be a successful salesperson. And, you know, listen, there were years, I've used this guy, a particular grant from Pinnacle Group for years and years. There were guys that maybe I went against his judgments and he said, you know, Johnny, you probably shouldn't hire this guy. He's not going to be good. And I'm thinking to myself, I know better. I'm going to, I'm going to hire him and I'm going to make him a great salesperson. And then I'll talk to Grant, you know, whatever a year later, Hey, how'd that guy work out? I fired to let him go. He's like, I told you. And you know what? Shame on you for not taking the information he's giving you and taking it to heart saying, Hey, listen, maybe he yeah. knows better than me. So we use these tools, these systems to maybe make better decisions instead of, I can, I, and my gut saying, I, I can make him a good salesperson. I don't do that anymore. We go by the, the, the data, and let, yeah. what he has to say. And there's all kinds of ways to hire people like that and get the right people in. But I, I know what you're saying. Cause I did the same thing. Yeah. I think, you know, as I think back on it for me, and I know that you and I both do this today, but when you talk about, you know, you got to know your numbers, you got to know what, what's going to get us where we want to go. So, you know, if we want to do um, uh, whatever, if we figure out, I'm trying to keep the math easy. So if we're going to do this quarter, we have to do $1.3 million. Mm We have to install $1.3 million. You break that out into 13 weeks, it's $100,000 a week. So if you're having a meeting every week and you say, all right, how many leads do we need to make that happen? How many sales do we need to make that happen? How many jobs need to be installed to make that happen? And everybody knows what those numbers are and people are being held accountable to those numbers. Mm-hmm. Then you f- find out real quick, do I have the right people or do I not have the right people? Do I have the right team or not? And I, I think for me, I think that's the thing I think that I was really missing back then. Yep. Yeah. And like I said, it's, it's you know, if I could have that conversation with my, you know, 25 years or 36 year old self, it would be to, you know, trust the data, trust the people that do these things instead of trying to figure it out myself, because those, those mishires cost tens of thousands of dollars. Oh yeah. The salary, the, the lost opportunity with leads, the leads that they burned, whatever it may be. Yep. Customers, they pissed off. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, it was, um, that's definitely one of the things that I learned. And one of the things, if I had that conversation with my 36 year old self would be nice, 
people like like uh, Grant that can you know find in test maybe prospective employees. Yeah. What else you got on your list? I tell you what the other the other thing I thought that was um, really important is that you know outsource the things that you don't do very well so you can focus on the things that you do well. And you know, listen, for whatever reason, you know, Brian, you know, your your group and what you do for your clients and what you've done for our company for years and in regards to, you know, the thank you at the back end with the uh, the referral rewards and everything. I mean, can you I can't even imagine the 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 man hours, the people I would have to hire to do those kind of things that have such a positive impact on our business. And, you know, so we use you and your expertise and your people to, you know, get us to where, you know, we, we want to be and we focus on the things that we do best, Yeah. you know, instead of trying to do it all yourself, you know, sometimes you've got to just lean on people that do it way better than you. So that, that's another thing I thought, thought that was important. So, you know, what's interesting. So that goes back to what you said first. Mm-hmm. What you said first was if you're focusing on profitability rather than yeah. sales. Mm-hmm. So when you're focused on profitability, you can afford because I because right when you said that, my initial thought, I'm thinking back 25 years ago, 20 years ago, or 25 years ago, I'm thinking, yeah, I was cheap. I I had to keep my money. I had to hoard it. You know, money would come in, but it but the problem was there wasn't enough of it coming in. Right. Yep. That's right. And, and so, and so the, the profitability conversation focusing on the bottom number, not on the top number would help alleviate that. Sure. It would. Yeah, absolutely. It would. So it's, uh, you know, I thought that was important. Just, you know, like I said, it allows me to focus on the things that I do best Yeah. of trying to do things, you know, that I don't do well. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, this has been very, very, very good, John. <laughs> Yeah, it's always fun, Brian. Always fun. And you've been married for a really long time, too. 30 years. Yep. 30 years, three kids. My oldest son works for me. My middle son, Jack, who you know, and my Mm -hmm. daughter, Lily, is uh, graduating high school this year. So a lot lot of cool things going on in in the world, in in my life. So, yeah, you know, it's exciting. Just uh, part of the journey, pal. Just part of the journey. What's the secret to a great marriage? Don't go to bed angry, I guess would probably be one of those kind of things. Communication, probably another one of those things. Let's keep that line of communication open. You know, nothing can be, it always can be solved if you can talk it out. Yeah. Well, cool. Went from yeah. marriage to business because I, I actually think that, and I've been very fortunate too, that, you know, I've had the same woman for 20, this year's going to be 24 years mm-hmm. and it helps. It helps. Yeah, you know, sure it helps does. The business. It mm-hmm. helps. Okay. So you go back to your 30-year-old self and make sure, <laughs> hey man, you better marry well. You better marry yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Find mess, a find a good mess find a really good partner. Up. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's uh that's important. It is. You know yeah. like I do. We're lucky. We're very lucky. We got a couple good ones. Yeah, we got a couple good ones. Yeah, we do. All right, my friend. Well, I am really looking forward. It's been a while. It's been a couple yeah. of years since a couple years. Together, yeah, we didn't so come I'm last really... year with COVID. Yep. So we're looking yeah. forward to getting down there and uh, getting a little sun, little uh, education. Yep. It's always, always a great event, Brian. I mean, I'm telling you, anybody listening or watching this really needs to make it a point to get to accelerate because well, thank you. It's, it's one of the best events that we've ever been to and will continue to go to because every year we seem to always find some really great ideas and being in 
Fort Lauderdale in February is not a bad thing either. That's not a bad thing either. No. Yeah. Nope. All right. Cool, my so, friend. Thank you for having me, Brian. I appreciate it. I really of course. Do. Yeah. So yep. Tuesday, Tuesday night, we'll have a beer together. Uh, and you'll buy. I'll buy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, John. Thank you so okay. much. And to yeah. everybody listening, you know, I always say there are there are episodes, and I think a lot of them, but I think this is another one to go back and listen to again. I I think that John's words, John's advice is is super relevant, um, regardless of age, I think. And he really gave us some of the things that that make business work. And so again, John, thank you. I appreciate it. Again, everybody listening until next time, this is Brian Kaskavalsian with G4 Marketing Group, and this is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Let me ask you, did it help you look at your business in a different way? Did it spark an idea or ideas that you hadn't thought of before? Do you have a list of action items that you can take and implement into your business or your life today? I really hope so. If it did, I'd like to ask you a favor. Would you leave a five-star review of the podcast? By doing so, you'll help other contractors find the podcast more easily so that we can help them achieve more success, wealth, and freedom. And before you go, make sure you subscribe to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast so you get access to the latest episodes as soon as they're available. We're always striving to provide you with great content so you don't want to miss what's coming up. In fact, if you haven't already, make sure you go to thewealthycontractor.com and get your free copy of my latest book, The Seven Secrets to Becoming a Wealthy Contractor. Just pay shipping and handling, and I'll take care of the cost of the book. So until next time, this is Brian Kaskavalsian.